The Fourth Wall, Episode 15, Sean Hattesey. You're listening to The Fourth Wall, a podcast that takes you beyond the screen or the page and brings you into our conversations with the creative people behind your favorite movies, TV shows, comics, and more. My name is Michael R. I'm the podcast editor here at Den of Geek. And today we are talking to an actor turned director. And this one's kind of near and dear to my heart because we talked to Sean Hattesey of Animal Kingdom on TNT. And Sean and I went to the same high school, not at the same time, but in a rural part of Maryland. And of course, we all followed his career in my neighborhood all the way back to when he appeared in Homicide Life on the Streets, which a lot of people in the Baltimore area got started with. And then with Outside Providence with Alec Baldwin, we knew he had made it big and he's had quite a career since then, including the series regular role on Southland, Officer Sammy Bryant. And now, of course, he's known as Pope, Andrew Pope Cody on Animal Kingdom. And we've enjoyed following his character on that show, but he also has dabbled with directing, starting with an episode in season three last year and in the upcoming episode 411 on August 6th, 2019 on TNT. He directed that episode as well. So he's here to talk to us about the directorial experience as well as the development of the character of Pope. So take a listen to our discussion with him that we had with him just last week before episode 411 aired. Hello, Sean. Michael, how are you, man? I'm good. Thanks for joining me today. Congratulations on season five, by the way. Um, Can you paint a picture for us how you found out about the renewal? Uh, I found out about the renewal. John Wells, our executive producer, showrunner, sort of like our God, emailed. He just sent out an email the day before the news was officially released. So I was sitting at lunch with my wife, and I got a little ding on my phone, and and uh, I read the email, and I thought, well, here we are, man. We can eat <laughs> for another year. This is great news. It was very happy. Uh, I, I, you know, I was pretty confident that we were going to get another season. But it's always nice to get the official word from John. And Pope has been such an interesting character to follow over the seasons because he wants to protect people, like Lena, for example, for, from getting caught up in his criminal family. But he's also very violent and willing to manipulate others if it suits him. So how do you reconcile those two halves of your character as an actor because you've done that type of character a number of times now in your career i think with pope it's like for the family anything goes you know there's that kind of like this rule this these laws that they abide by within the family and so he can easily separate himself there's like compartments so as long as he's doing the dirty like that's his burden pope's burden is handling the dirty things in the family that nobody else really wants to deal with. Although Jay is proving that he can handle it too. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, outside of the family, it's easy. I think he's an emotional guy. I think he's pretty normal when it comes to feelings and, uh, you know, rejection. Like that's, that's been one big motor for Pope all these seasons is how people perceive him. He's desperate for normalcy. He craves it. So those are normal human emotions that people can subscribe to. 
And one of the great ways that Pope channels his anger is by doing MMA this season. What's the training for that been like for you? <laughs> I got a call. Uh, well, we usually start shooting the like the first or second week of January. And I got a call from Eli Clark, our, uh, our writer, the weekend before Thanksgiving <laughs> in November. And she said you know, Pope's going to be fighting this year. So you might want to go lift <laughs> some heavy stuff and start hitting some things. And I thought, well, couldn't you have waited to make this phone call after Thanksgiving? <laughs> like, why are you ruining my Thanksgiving? So yeah, um, I immediately got to work, you know, working with a, a fight trainer and, you know, I just changed my diet and wanted to, I wanted to build as much weight as I as I could, I wanted him to just kind of look like a, a slag, slab of meat. And I was just lifting as much as I could, you know, in my free time. Uh, it was, it was brutal to be honest. I, I was not my favorite thing to do <laughs> just because it's like, just to, throughout the season, I actually kind of start shrinking after Smurfs. Once we get to around episode seven, that's when we find out that Smurf is sick. I literally start shrinking because I didn't have, I didn't have time to, to go to the gym anymore, but I think it worked for the story because he, he just stops fighting anyways. Yeah. But one of your favorite things does seem to be directing because uh, the upcoming episode, of course, is directed by Sean Hattesey and you directed an episode in season three as well. And TNT put out a great video showing you on the job in which your colleagues seemed really, really supportive during your directorial debut. So how's that dynamic different when, one of your fellow actors is behind the camera. Well, this cast is phenomenal and the crew and you know, the entire team, it's a challenge to schedule this kind of thing with, with the direct, with an actor director. Uh, so I uh, quite honestly couldn't do it without, you know, everybody's being on board and, and just lifting me up, which, which everybody did. The nice thing about season, this season's work uh, for 411 was, you know, our narrative, there's, there's two storylines, one in the present, one in 1977. So obviously Pope isn't in, in 1977. And uh, I was able to really spend a lot of time uh, working on that. And it was, it was nice. It's, it's almost like doing my own little movie because the 77 stuff, I hadn't really, I, I saw the first, by the time I had shot, I had seen the first episode uh, I hadn't seen anything else because it wasn't available yet. Um, so I was, you know, jumping in, getting my feet wet and taking it in, in the direction I wanted to take it uh, with Layla as Janine and, and Grant as Colin. It's a, it's a love story. The emotional heartbeat of 411 is their love story. And uh, in many ways, it's the Smurf origin story that, that as a fan, I just find fascinating. You get to see how and why she has become the person she has become in the present day. Like looking at 411, and I was just struck by how she's able to show Colin unconditional love. I mean, it's a side of Smurf we've, we've never seen. And it's clear that she's pregnant in, in this episode and, you know, we audience members know that Pope is the oldest and he has a twin sister. So it's pretty obvious what's, what's in her belly. Um, so 
me playing Pope and, and getting to kind of the emotional aspects in this episode were very on the, on the surface, uh, coming to the surface for me uh, and getting able to tell the story. Did you feel more comfortable behind the camera yourself and were the expectations of those around you heightened or, or more comfortable themselves? I think it's, it's a natural fit. Um, you know, I, I look, when I look at the, the artists I admire, you know, you got Robert Redford and Sean Penn and, and John Cassavetes and Orson Welles and Ron Howard. I mean, these were all actors that started as a young age, at a young age. And it's, uh, I've been doing this since I was 12, 13, 12, actually. You were there, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, just naturally just being around it. Um, I think, you know, being involved in working since I was young, it just gives me a confidence and understanding of how things are done that just being on, on set from such a young age, you know, I've been around it for so long. It's just, it, it becomes like second nature. Now you said there's a lot of emotional content in the upcoming episodes, but animal kingdom also does have a lot of action and chase scenes and things like that. Did you get to direct anything like that or something similarly challenging for a newer director? Yeah, I mean, I think that's always the challenge with with uh, episodic TV. In, in our show in particular, there, there is it is a high action show. So when when you have seven, we 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 shoot our episode in eight days, seven days in Los Angeles, one day in Oceanside, and I did have a pretty big action sequence, which. You know, there's always one scene that you're going, oh, I'm going to make this day. <laughs> and uh, and I had that. It happened in 1977. Pretty uh, exciting event occurs. And uh, that's the biggest challenge as a director. So you got to, you know, try to infuse point of view in those big sequences when you're really just, you have to get it all. You only have so much time. You're, you're firing three cameras and... Uh, you're just trying to get it. That's the biggest challenge. But, you know, the first time around, I had a pretty big action sequence as well. So that prepared me for, uh, for what I was going to face in season four. Um, and you get better each time. Look, I, I'm still learning. And every situation, every event, it gives you, you know, hopefully you, you, you take the good away from it. And, you, and next season when I direct, hopefully um, I'll be that much more prepared. Yeah, that's right. And one of the things that I was very excited about as a Bones fan is the addition of Emily Deschanel, who's playing Pope's old friend Angela this season. How did you initially hear about her casting and what was your reaction? I was thrilled. Uh, I know <laughs> I, I, I know um, just the character, the, the first episode she appears in is called Angela. And uh, finding out that Emily was going to be playing it was it was wonderful news. And I just know as an actor myself that getting the opportunity to play something completely like the polar opposite of what she's known for is something that as an actor, you just are killing for to kind of show a different dimension. And, you know, both during scenes and between takes like Emily is hilarious and uh, we have a lot of fun together on set. 
Now, what do you think is affecting Pope more at this point? Is it the loss of Lena or the news about Smurf or maybe even now the fact that Angela is doing drugs again or all those things? (laughs) Yeah, I think like he's in the house because he he's made this deal with Smurf to to save Lena and to get her on her own path to normalcy. He's effectively a hostage of Smurf, you know, to stay in the house with her and to kind of be under her control. Uh, She's also, you know, the one that has him fighting because it's something that he used to do when he was younger, that she used to put him in cages and, you know, her, it was her idea because she thought, well, A, he can't sleep, so it helps him sleep and B, it's a way for him to kind of get this aggression out. So I think the leanest, like that's number one, I think priority wise for, for Pope, he would, he would do anything for Lena, but you know, this whole cancer diagnosis is complicated because, you know, it it evokes so many emotions. It's like, I think we saw when he found out that he goes to her and he says, you know, the day you die is going to be the happiest day of my life. Well, we all know that that's not true. I mean, yeah. <laughs> as much as Pope wants to be normal and not need Smurf, he does. He desperately does. And I think we we saw that whenever, you know, when she was away before in prison, um, things don't necessarily go right. He needs, he has, a, he has some mental uh, hangups. He needs her there to manage him. So it, it's, it's all, it's all very crippling just the, the diagnosis of the cancer, not, not only just that, but just how she is handling it and not really wanting to talk about it is having an effect on him. And then in terms of how the episode of 411 is called Julia and, and uh, Angela in, in Pope's eyes is almost a ghost of Julia. And to see her relapse, uh, this is an opportunity for Pope to get it right. You know, he didn't get it right with Julia and now he's he's looking at Angela and trying to find a way to fix his relationship with Julia through Angela. I mean, it's all it's all a big mess, but in his you know very warped point of view, that's what he's trying to do. Yeah, that's true. I never thought of it that way, but I like that. And speaking of Julia, because it seems like there's a showdown between Jay and Pope coming up if Smurf doesn't make it. Although I can't imagine the show without Smurf, but hypothetically, if it comes right down to it, do you think Pope is ready to lead and would his brothers follow him at this point? You know, Pope is not motivated by that. That's not who he doesn't, even when Baz was around, he was totally cool with Baz leading because it's just not what I, the money isn't even the, the jobs he likes because they work together and he gets to do, you know, fun stuff that he likes to do that he's good at. So I don't ever like people are, you see fans discussing, well, could Pope lead? That's just not what he, he wants. He doesn't care about that. Um, I'm not saying that he could or he couldn't. I'm just saying that's not like Jay. I think Jay wants to lead. Uh, and I think he's probably capable of leading. He has, he, he, he continues to make mistakes. So and I think, I think the best solution would be them together but you never know um and as far as the relationship is right now how how that it's so fraught and 
how Jay handled the ambulance job with the, the chronic dread festival. And first of all, working with somebody he's close with the, the Olivia character, which you're not supposed to do. And then second of all, being uh, naive enough to allow Mia to get in, these are major no-nos. So Pope draws a pretty clear line with Jay and says, look, if you lie to me again and, and uh, you're out. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, Pope doesn't give a lot of people two chances and he gave Jay one chance. And now with this Angela situation and how he has lied to Pope, it looks pretty bleak for those two. Yeah. We're certainly building up to a explosive finale, I think. So thanks so much for talking to us about animal kingdom. And we're really looking forward to episode 11 directed by Sean Hattesey. Thank you so much, man. All right. And then of course you did hear him say there in the middle of that interview that I was there during the beginning of his career because we were in a school play together once upon a time when I was in high school and he was in middle school. So I remember it well and uh, have enjoyed watching Sean reach great heights in his acting career. And now moving on to directing is just so gratifying for me and so wonderful for him. So Hope you enjoyed that interview with Sean Hattesey, but that'll wrap things up for this episode. Come back in two weeks for the next edition of the podcast, when we'll break through the fourth wall once again to talk to another creator or performer behind the entertainment that you love. Remember to follow Den of Geek on Twitter and Facebook at Den of Geek US. My name is Michael R., and you can follow me at Mike Sci-Fi. Find more content at denofgeek.com, and thanks for listening. Join us again next time, Beyond the Fourth Wall.